the story of women in agri-food. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. My guest this week is Amy Wu, an award-winning journalist, author, and filmmaker that specializes in writing about food, agriculture, and innovation. She's also the founder of Farms to Incubators. Amy, welcome to Green Sense. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's talk about who you are. Uh, tell us about your journey. I want to hear the backstory, the things you can't find on social media. You know, where did you grow up? What shaped your values? How did you become an investigative reporter turned storyteller that focuses on minority women in agri-food? Well, um, Robert, I have a real passion for telling stories. I've been a professional journalist for more than um, two decades, and I strongly believe that documenting uh, uh, different perspectives and voices is critical to having a platform to talk about timely issues. So um, there's lots to talk about with me, but I know that our time might be short. So I'll just kind of say that a couple of things, I'll just list five of them are besides being an award-winning journalist and filmmaker and my professional life, um, I come from the East Coast. I'm based out of New York right now. I'm based out of Hudson Valley, New York, where farming is really uh, fast growing in, in this region. Um, I um, also enjoy nature and I enjoy open water swimming as well. That's a hobby of mine. The third is that I truly love to tell stories. That's not just my profession, but that's my personal passion. So I feel very lucky to be able to to write about two topics that I'm very passionate about. One is food and agriculture. I consider that actually one. And the second one is amplifying um, women in the space of food farming and innovation as well. And the fourth is that I really love to connect with people and love to connect people as well. So that's part of the reason why I've created a community from farms to incubators. And I can talk a little bit more about that. You wear several hats. You're the founder of Farms to Incubator and the content manager for the Hudson Valley Farm Hub. Tell us more. Well, my main hat actually, uh, you know, you talked about from Farms to Incubators is my passion. That's my passion hat. But uh, my day job at the at Hudson Valley Farm Hub, where I'm their communications manager, kind of intersects with Farms to Incubators in that it shows that I'm very passionate, obviously, about agriculture and the food systems and about telling stories about agriculture. Now, when it comes to Farms to Incubators, I can talk a little bit about it. It is a... Uh, it's an award-winning film. It's a, a book that was published last year that profiles 30 women who are creating the innovations for uh, growers to help tackle farming challenges. It is also, we are also building a 501c3 nonprofit that is going to focus on storytelling, education, and community. Actually, it's already been focused on storytelling, education, and community. And I recently decided to build it up as a 501c3 nonprofit. We connect, elevate, and inspire women in agri-food tech, you know, like I said, through the community and education and storytelling. And women are known to be nurturing, and food is nourishment. Mother Earth produces our fruits, vegetables, and livestock. And uh, most of us have fond memories of a favorite dish our mothers made for us. What has been the impediment and what unique perspective can they offer? Okay. So I have mostly been focused on ag tech, which uh, I define as innovations that basically help solve some of the biggest challenges that farmers face. And this includes uh, labor shortage. 
It includes uh, water and land management issues. I mean, as we, we have all probably seen the effects of climate change, the West is becoming more and more dry. The East is becoming more and more wet. So I come from it from a very unique perspective, I think, when it comes to amplifying women in, in, in agriculture and that these are not just female, these are not female, necessarily female farmers. These are the women, again, creating the innovations for farmers to help um, basically tackle farming challenges. Um, so in terms of women uh, in agriculture and ag tech, you point out a lot of good things that women, in fact, are often the head of the household and make decisions when it comes to food preparation. 60 to 70 percent of the food that's produced internationally, a woman plays a role in it. But there's a clear rep lack of representation and funding, especially for women of color when it comes to the agri-food tech space. Agri-food tech has become a really hot sector over the past couple of years. Billions of dollars have been poured into this when it comes to private equity investors, celebrities investing in farming as well. And yet at the same time, only a small percent of the money that's being invested in agri-food tech is going to women-led companies. Small percent of, uh, you know, the, when we look at the boards of either startup companies or listed companies, it's still a very small percent of women who sit on those boards. So I'm on a mission through my storytelling to get more women at the table. Um, well, let's talk about the documentary from Farms to Incubator. It tells the story of women entrepreneurs dedicated to ag tech, as you've mentioned. And as you mentioned, it's really a fast-growing sector. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, organizations out there like Ag Funder. And I recently went to an ag tech conference in New York that uh, uh, was populated by investors. And uh, uh, in the documentary, it talks about Salinas Valley. It's the hub of U.S. farming. It's a modern marvel of intensive food production. And I've uh, visited Salinas before. Um, and, and it's not all perfect. There's a lot of, uh, of issues there. Uh, what stress does such high-density farming present to the environment and people that are involved with ag agriculture? Well, it, I can answer that in a several different ways. Number one is that, in fact, the, this this initiative from Farms Incubators uh, was born in Salinas Valley when I was a local reporter who was assigned to cover agriculture and local government. There it is a $10 billion industry. Agriculture is a $10 billion industry and 85% of the leafy greens that we eat are from Salinas Valley. But there's several number of huge roadblocks and challenges. Number one is that when it comes to big agriculture, um, monocropping, you know, with conventional farming is a big problem because that involves being able to produce a, a large yield of the same kind of vegetable to be able to make money off of it is a huge challenge because number one, uh, farming is already a very, it's, it's a very, very hard living, <laughs> very labor intensive and um, very costly, you know, everything from the equipment to the fuel to fertilizer, but when you grow the same crop and it's not diversified and and you don't use um, sort of regenerative farming practices, um, it can really damage the land. You know, we're talking about soil erosion, um, the decline of farmable and arable land, uh, the lack of healthy soil. And that just means that growers are facing a big problem. On one hand, they need to make money and they need to be able to make a living a livelihood. On the other hand, 
there's great deal of pressure to do that. So, um, you know, regenerative practices and organic growing practices, including cover cropping, low tillage, it does cost money and it takes a lot of knowledge as well. So that's, that's number one, a dilemma when it comes to big farming. At the same time, though, I think um, ag tech can provide some solutions to um, the big farmers and producers that are growing the food that we that are we see in our supermarkets and that we see on our shelves. I mean, one huge problem has been I noted the severe labor shortage and in Salinas Valley, there continues to be that problem. I mean, the field workers are aging out, you know, they're well into their 60s and 70s. And there isn't a new, necessarily a new generation of younger people who are like, let me get in the fields and let me, let me seed, let me do the seeding, the weeding, the harvesting, the packing. So I think, for example, automation and robotics is a solution. You know, and it's not to say that we don't need human capital. We need people, maybe a next generation of young people who can operate some of those ro- robots who can operate some of the new equipment. So I actually think that there are, there's a uh, win-win out there. I mean, we did talk about the challenges and the problems, you know, the cost of housing. I mean, when you talk about Salinas Valley, it's not just the aging field workers. It's also lack of housing and affordable housing, which is a problem throughout our whole, what many big cities in our country, but in California and in places like, like the Monterey County, it's very expensive and it's hard to basically get housing for workers. So that's definitely part of the problem. Yeah. Do you think agriculture has to be totally rethought? For example, uh, you said 80, 85 to 90% of our leafy greens are grown in Salinas and Yuma, Arizona, both drought stricken areas, you know, should so much produce be grown in such an intensified way in areas that are drought stricken? Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, there uh, should should they? I mean, they uh, traditionally have been, but as you know, you know, right? You know, the, the the drought has a tremendous impact on the yield and so forth. So, uh, it might be a re- reexamination of the kind of crops that are grown, actually. You know, and you we talk we're talking about the Salinas Valley. And, uh, you know, I do connect with different kind of growers and they are re-examining that should they be just growing lettuce? Should there be a different diversification of crops? I mean, there's been talk of cannabis too, as part of agriculture. Um, There's been talk about more indoor ag tech and farming, indoor farming, you know, with greenhouses and with hoop houses as well, especially since that might be a potential part of a solution to climate change, since you can monitor the lighting and the water and so forth inside the indoor farming, um, you know. Yeah. So as you mentioned, field farming is, is extremely hard work and it's the antithesis of sexy, which is not attracting to this young generation. What challenges and opportunity does field farming and all these things we're discussing now present to women and minority women? Well, I actually think it's extremely um, uh, sexy and attractive to a growing number of a certain number of young people. Actually, it's interesting um, that, for example, where I live in the Hudson Valley, the, the scale of farming is much smaller. I mean, there's less land than the Salinas Valley anyway. 
But I see a, a, a small but growing number of young, the new generation, people in their 20s and 30s, or even Gen Z, <laughs> yeah. um, who see farming as a lifestyle that they're wanting to pursue. So it's not just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, it's tractors and overalls, and I have to kind of <laughs> just get into the field. It is, it's doing it for their passion for uh, sustainability, climate change, access to local and healthy food. Like I said, it's kind of like a lifestyle. And I know young people who are very, who have gone to college and are well-educated, majored in other things like history and English. And they're like, this is the kind of lifestyle that I'm seeking. They, they travel around the world and they practice an intern as, as a woofer, <laughs> living on somebody else's farm and learning farming techniques. And I would argue that, you know, you need to have the capital and the investment and the money to be able to have that lifestyle because land is not, land access is not cheap. So um, there is a, a population of next generation that is interested in it. The real problem is um, land access um, because land in these farm rich areas are extremely expensive. I mean, I don't know what kind of land is now accessible in the Salinas Valley or in you know, other places in California, like um, Sonoma County. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, if you want to own a winery or if you want to grow grapes, I just really I don't even want to think about the, 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 the price tag actually out there. So in my experience, I've seen that high-tech ways to grow crops indoors, like greenhouses and vertical farms have become sexy. And to your point, they are attracting a whole different young uh, group of people that want a lifestyle change, but they are easier to operate. You're in a climate controlled environment. It's not as hard. Things aren't as heavy as toiling out in the fields, but still only about 10% of the crops are, are grown indoors in these novel growing technologies. But a lot of the new innovations, a lot of the high technology is being developed and deployed at these types of operations. What opportunities do the, does this present for women? I mean, I think that there are just a huge number of opportunities that present themselves to uh, to women, uh, underrepresented communities, and people of color who are not who have traditionally not been in agriculture. Number one, I think a lot of the new, um, I mean, I, I've, I've said this, but agri-food tech is one of the fastest growing sectors globally, and it provides job opportunities, I believe, which require a new set of skills and knowledge that extend beyond traditional agriculture. So. A lot of the women that I profile in the book and that are shown in the documentary, they don't come from farming families. They don't come from entrepreneur, you know, families with entrepreneurs, but they have a background and passion in science and technology and engineering and math. And they also have a passion to be involved and make a difference in the food systems. Um, so I think it's a great combination for the, for somebody with those two interests and passion and curiosity. The good news is that a lot of colleges now, community colleges and universities, have seen this, seen that there is an opportunity and they're developing programs uh, and events and workshops and training and classes to explore training the next generation. I mean, we may be able to get a, a degree in ag tech. <laughs> down the road. And it may be very clear that the career pathway starts here and here, just like in nursing or if you're a physician, you know, you, you, you get this degree, you get an internship, you get board certified. I mean, that might be a lot more clear what kind of opportunities, you know, uh, that this presents. 
to the next generation. Do you know of any concrete examples of women-owned companies or minority-owned women-owned companies that have developed new high technology that's being uh, deployed in in this area? Deployed in this area, in the areas of addressing some farming challenges. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's full of awesome stories that in the book that I can name a couple, all, all I think are very unique because they address different, different problems in farming, but I'll give an example. I mean, um, so uh, pollination, bees are really important when it comes to almond growing and almond, the almond industry is a $8 billion industry alone in like the Central Valley in California. So, you know, one company that I have written about before, you know, they're called the B Corps and, you know, started by a young woman named Ellie Sims, who actually launched this in, in, in college, I think as an undergrad, right? So in, in, uh, in the Midwest. So she saw that uh, there's an opportunity to help these almond farmers in the way that she did. They have a technology and a mobile app that uses infrared to grade the quality of beehives. So, you know, when you grade the quality of a beehive and give that information to the almond grower, the almond grower knows this is a healthy beehive and they're gonna pollinate my almonds. And of course it's a lot simpler than, I mean, a lot more complicated than how I'm describing it, but it's an example of how, um, you know, tech, how innovation can first of all address a farming issue. But on the other hand, it's also an example of how young people at universities can create these not only ideas, but actual products and innovation that are incubated at universities and universities support this. Maybe it's in a shark tank kind of competition, but when they get out of the university at age 22, 23, a lot of them want to continue with this. So I'm kind of seeing that this is a a lot of folks in their 20s and 30s who are really wanting to get into this space, which is very interesting. It just took- a lot of them happen to be women, you know? I mean, I focus on women. A lot of them also are um, people like I mentioned traditionally are not in agriculture. So it just so happens, I know Ellie Sims, uh, we work very closely with Purdue and I've watched her from, from her idea to company and, yeah. and watched her involved. She, she's a great example. And you've had a great chance to speak with uh, many women from around the world about this issue. Is there one woman that stands out? And if so, why? Well, that's like, it's always hard to pick one. I know. No, it's impossible to pick one. It is like asking me to pick out my favorite, uh, I don't know, ice cream flavor since I'm a fan of ice cream. But I mean, I, I would say that I don't necessarily have a favorite one, but I can say that I can name a couple and share why I think they were chosen for, you know, to be profiled, you know, or, or their stories to be told. Um, I would, besides Ellie, like to mention uh, a woman who is the founder of a company called Ag Tools and Ag Tools was started by Martha Montoya, uh, who is originally from Bogota, Colombia. She's the daughter of uh, educators who, uh, Nobody was in agriculture. She was an aspiring cartoonist. And she kind of fell into agriculture, you know, by answering a help wanted ad. Um, basically, she was trying to find a job to fund her aspiration of cartooning. So um, 
let me just pause there and say, why did I choose Martha? Because number one, she doesn't come from a traditional agricultural family. She actually is a very multifaceted person with a lot of different talents and interests. Her award-winning cartoon strip eventually made it to about 300 newspapers, including the LA Times. But she fell into agriculture and sort of like, you know, uh, sourcing the fruits and vegetables from, uh, you know, a lot of the farms in California, the big players like Walmart and Costco. And kind of as an observer in this industry at this job, she discovered that farmers don't have easy access to information at the tip of their hands. Like in other words, she was envisioning that a farmer with a, with a mobile device could click on a button and get the information on hundreds of commodities in different languages. Spanish and English, bilingual. You know, we're talking about hundreds of commodities and information, not only about the weather, but political turmoil that can affect the supply chain. So anyway, she has this uh, software that she kind of describes as the Bloomberg for farmers. <laughs> and she's been very successful getting it into the hands of small farmers, uh, big farmers. She has a heart of getting it into the hands of women growers. And I think she donates the software to some women growers and trains them. I think she's a really good example of kind of somebody who's been very successful in raising money, but also consciously giving back to uh, women in the industry, not just as an innovator, but somebody like, I want to get this in the hands of female led farms and I want to train them. And I want to make sure it's by it's in Spanish and English too, because the Spanish speaking population is the largest you know, a, a huge amount of agriculture, 80% or more, is really made up of um, folks who are native Spanish speakers. So that's critical. And that's a great example because it shows, you know, how, uh, how much help farming needs with technology, just simple things uh, to make it more efficient. So in today's world of short attention span, when immediate's not quick enough, what's the most important thought our listeners should remember from our interview today? Uh, first of all, they should, a uh, couple things is that they should remember that um, From Farms to Incubators has been on a mission to connect and inspire and elevate women in agri-food tech. So if you are a woman working in food, any aspect of food, please, uh, please be a part of the community. We have one of the most comprehensive directories of women in agriculture and ag tech on the website. Please put your name on the directory and join the other 800 or 900 women to connect with one another. Another thing that I would also bring out is that storytelling is uh, really critical. And when I had defined storytelling, it's film, it's books, it's art, it could be a song, it could be a painting, it could be photography. I think it's a really powerful uh, platform to um, bring across uh, issues that are really critical. Like in this case, getting how, how do we bring more women to the table when it comes to being leaders and innovators in the fast growing space like ag tech. How, how can we get more women to uh, the next generation to consider leading agribusiness companies? And uh, I hope that the landscape will change and there'll be a paradigm shift, but it takes a lot of, um, it takes a community to keep the, to keep the torch lit pretty much. So I, I hope that folks out there will join in and connect. 
Amy, I really enjoyed talking to you and hearing your perspective on that topic. Uh, thanks for joining us on Green Sense. Oh, thanks for having me. That's Amy Wu, journalist, author, and filmmaker, and founder of Farms to Incubator, sharing her thoughts on women and ag tech and how their unique perspective and determination can make the world better. Green Sense is an independent radio show that relies on the generous financial support of patrons like you so we can produce high-quality audio broadcasts and promote innovators with sustainable solutions. If you're interested in being a patron, visit the GreenSenseFarms.com website and uh, join us. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and catch the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 WBBM Chicago.